The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by 8 Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope Happy New Year! 2022 is here. I'm hanging out with my friend Mike Fiello. My name is Steve Tiber. Happy New Year, Mike! Well, and Happy New Year to you. It's been a... I'm looking forward to this year. Last year, a lot of great things happened. A lot of difficult things happened. Yes. So we're learning to, the, the switch gears and get things done. What an exciting day to be living the life that we are living. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and today, Mike, while we're celebrating uh, a new year, Volunteers with Eight Days of Hope were a natural disaster organization. At least that's what we were the first 12 years of our existence. We're pretty much a volunteer-led, but we do really two things. We help out after natural disasters, and we build safe homes for those rescued from sex trafficking. So a lot of skilled volunteers, but people like you and I, Mike, less skilled as well. In fact, today, Mike, mm. we're in Mayfield, Kentucky. We've been there yes. now for multiple weeks since the tornadoes hit. Uh, volunteers have showed up from around the country. It's been exciting to see the saints show up and love and serve these families who are brokenhearted. So what a way to start a new year. Yes, 19 times last year, Eight Days of Hope deployed to help out families in need. Millions and millions and millions of dollars of work done for free. But today, Mike, Mayfield, Kentucky, mm -hmm. and that region yes. has our attention. Oh, and absolutely has to be. I mean, can you imagine... Again, we always say this, and it's, but it's it's never redundant by no fault of their own. They wake up, oh, I and you know, th first of all, thank God that those that survived, yes, because a lot of loss of life, oh yes, it was horrible. But to, to wake up and see everything just leveled, your whole life before you, you know, and it's just not your home, but it's your business, your church, your sure. cars, and and you know now what do you do? And and this is where the church gets to shine, not for its you know its own self glory or for a pat on the back, but this is when God has called his saints, followers of his son, Jesus, to show up and help. And so again, if you're able to volunteer, we're there for at least another week. We're going to make a decision sometime this week. We might even be extending it, Mike, but already we've been there for three years, uh, three, not three years, three weeks. Feels <laughs> yeah. like three years some Feels days, like right? Those, yeah. um, but so thankful for the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of volunteers who've showed up. It's free. We provide food and lodging. You don't have to be skilled. Maybe you've got a couple more days left on your Christmas break, or maybe you took a couple days off early next week, come hang out with us. Go to 8daysofhope.com. You can read the FAQs, volunteer. Now, maybe you can't go. Maybe the next week you just can't do it. Go to the website and sign up for our email alerts. And all you do is you submit your email address. And whenever we go anywhere, we'll invite you. In fact, in 2021, Mike, 19 different places saw volunteers with 8 Days of Hope. 19. So, That's a lot. That's the I mean, most ever by far. <laughs> Natural disasters, four safe homes built for those rescued from sex trafficking. There was food distribution in multiple states. It was nonstop. And there was no pandemic going on, right? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's not go there, my great. No, no, I no. I mean, no, we're no. doing things a little bit differently. You have to. I'm hoping there's some light at the end of that tunnel, well, but so thankful that the saints continue sure. to show up. And yeah, we do things a little bit differently. Uh, all the work that you'll be doing in Kentucky is outdoors, uh, but please consider pray, volunteer, and donate money. Yes. So, you know, 8 Days of Hope listeners, um, 
And again, welcome to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of 80s Hope. We have partners. We now have our 15th partner have joined 15. us. 15 national partners. They're all on our website. And they cover all of our fixed costs. And what that means is that to operate 80s Hope, we have five staff members, three facilities, one in Mississippi, a national headquarters, our Northeast Satellite in Buffalo, our Midwest Satellite in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We can be at three different disasters or safe homes at the same time, building safe homes for those rescued from sex trafficking. But what that means is every dollar you donate, every penny of that dollar will be a 100% pass, pass through, through. There you go. to families in need. Now, I'm not knocking other ministries and nonprofits because every this model doesn't have to be the model. But where else can you donate? And there's, and I know there's others. Knowing that every penny will go to help out somebody you need in Kentucky because or Tennessee. Because of our national partners. Yes. That is so awesome. It's just, un, I don't want to say unbelievable. It's a reality of what's happening. You donate designate whether it's for those in Kentucky or whether it's a safe house or the new ministry that's launched yes, this year. Yes, we got to talk about that, Mike. Yeah, so come on. We have <laughs> we had just announced on December 2nd that Eight Days of Hope, even though we've helped 7,555 families and the numbers are growing every day because we're in Kentucky, uh, rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We are launching a mass feeding arm of the ministry. We, we saw this, Mike, in Louisiana after Hurricane Ida. We did where people didn't have power for 25, 26, 27 days. Mm. The refrigerators um, had been damaged because of the the water damage. Uh, It flooded two, three feet in every house. And there was no food, and there were no stores opening. And, and, and so eight days of hope, we just pivoted, and we start finding ways to make hundreds, 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 thousands, thousands, thousands of meals. <laughs> and we saw God work through the local church, and we saw people being prayed for, mm-hmm. people saying yes to Jesus for the first time. Yes. Oh, my gosh, sitting in their cars with babies on their laps, crying, thanking the volunteers for making food. And so this arm is going to launch, we hope, in the third quarter. Okay. of 2022. And so maybe you don't feel comfortable handling a hammer or painting a, a wall, or you don't feel like you're gifted with your hands, but you love working in the kitchen. Okay. So this is January 1st. So talk a little bit about the matching. Oh, the matching yeah. gift. The matching so gift. on December 2nd, so this new arm of the ministry is going to run about $1.1 million. Wow. That's incredible. That is crazy, right? But that that those feeding units can make up to eight thousand meals in a two hour period. Eight thousand. Eight thousand people could could hear about Jesus and see Jesus in action with and this new fed. arm. But Mike, six donors came together and they said, We we love you guys, we trust you. You know, we see that you're ECFA certified, which is evangelical, a Christian for financial accountability certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, very hard to get. We get a third party audit every year. Our national partners cover fixed costs. But they said, Hey, we're gonna give you a matching gift in the total amount those six donors gave was a half a million dollars. <laughs> Excuse me. They have pledged. Pledged, okay. Yes. So it works like this. Here's a matching gift. You make a $50 donation and you say it's for the new arm of the ministry in the memo, that $50 turns into $100. Oh, come on. A thousand turns into 2,000. Five mm. turns into 10. You can do that online at 8daysofhope.com. You can mail a check to our P.O. box. The P.O. box is on our website and our Facebook page. I'll give it to you here in a little bit. But any donation you make from now to January 15th, the memo line, put feeding ministry or, or match. And those dollars will be matched up to a half a million dollars. I always say this. Did you ever think from 2005, 16 years ago, 
to the last month, right, that um, all these things would be going on. You'd have your hands no, in, into so many different no. things here. You know, yeah. I tell you, God, and you know what's amazing is, you know, there's roughly 200 volunteer leaders, Mike, with about 40 of them in Kentucky the right. last couple of weeks leading volunteers from around the country to be a light in a very dark time mm. for families who have nowhere to turn. And this is what 8 Days Hope is all about. So we always tell people there's there's three things you can do. You can do one, you can do all three. Pray. Pray, pray. That's mm-hmm. number one. Most important. Volunteer. You know, we're looking to do a rebuild trip after Hurricane Ida, maybe in March or April. Details are still kind of murky, but we're, you know, our God is not a God of confusion. We're working through that and see where that lands. But you can volunteer uh, with our feeding teams. You can volunteer in Kentucky for the next week, maybe longer. You can travel with us around the country if time it is not good. Uh, pray, volunteer, donate. You can make a donation online at 8daysofhope.com or you can mail a donation to our P.O. Box. And that's 3208-3208, Tupelo, Mississippi. T-U-P-E-L-O, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. But, Mike, it all starts with prayer. It does. And I, and I want to add to that. Pray for the staff. You're talking five staff members? Yeah. yeah. Five staff know, members to handle all of this this workload. But if you, if you get to meet them and— uh, they're, Oh, they're amazing. Oh, yeah. They, they just—how uh, they— Get all that out of, like, say Chandler. Okay, she's oh, she's amazing. Yeah, she Hannah's is. amazing when yes, it comes to safe all, houses. They all, they all are. are. I can they, go on and on are. and on. But they they do double triple the work with yeah. joy and with just they're they're just so enthusiastic for what God is doing through them. Yes. So. And if if you're listening to Hope Rains for the first time today, maybe you're driving down the roads in North Carolina or you're down in Mississippi or here in upstate New York. Um, Go to our website, 8dayshope.com, and click on the media link. And last week on Christmas, we spent some time with the four other staff members, and they each shared yes. like one of their, their their stories of hope from 2021 from this past year. And that was an amazing broadcast. But you get to hear John Tidwell and Adam Hames and, right. and Chandler and Hannah share some God-sized stories from the mission field. That was so encouraging. I'm telling you. And they again, they do it with such excitement. Uh, they just... You, you take one person that works like they're five. You know, five, <laughs> yeah, five right. They just get yeah. all this out of them. I love it. You know, yeah, I it's just it. a, what a blessing. Eightdaysofhope.com for more information about what we're doing in Kentucky, excuse me, what God is doing in Kentucky through us, uh, to learn more about the feeding arm of the ministry, to make a donation. Uh, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm. Are you on Instagram? I am on it all. I, Are you really? At my age, look I, at I, you, Mike. I, I got well. I got Dude. all my grandkids. Grampy, and they they, they they teach me quite a bit. Okay, <laughs> and they call you Grampy. They do. Okay. Yeah. okay. One, of, one of them is so, so real cool. The, the, the young, the oldest boy. Yeah. Hey, hey Michael. <laughs> His mother slapped him in the back of the head. That's Grampy now. Anyway. Well, Mike, I I have some news for you. Ooh, come yeah. on, come Can on. You keep it between you and I. Yeah, and, and, and these two hundred <laughs> stations that are listening in two hundred right markets. <laughs> yeah. So on Christmas Eve. My family found out that my daughter, Hannah, who's our Safe House Ministry Director, Hannah Fletcher, her and her husband, Markwell, are expecting their first, and that's yes! our first grandchild. Grampy and Grammy oh. to be, but oh, that's exciting. So, We're happy for you. Oh, my gosh. Mike, you know, so I'm 60 now. No, I'm 61. Gosh, one, yeah, 61. right. There you go. Um we have no grandkids, but one is on the way. Oh, that is so exciting. And I always hear you talk about your grandchildren. Yeah. And there is just, I mean, you have a beautiful daughter. Love her. Mm. She was in, in a youth group that I helped lead yes, in the 90s. Yes. We're going to age ourselves. But when I hear and I see you with your grandkids, there's a bounce in your step, brother. 
Well, there's something that God has designed, and I'm so happy for you and Thank Charmaine, you. and Thank because you. there's so, there's something that is so fulfilling that that it's just like an extension of your life. And you know, the Bible even talks about how we continue to pour into the generations, mm. and we're able to see some of the things that we prayed for, desired, and you know, it's so exciting when your grandkids get to the point they say, they text you at this time, or they they get you aside and they say. Grampy, what do you think? Aww. One of them, two of them this past week. Grampy, would you pray for us? Oh, it, your heart just goes so like, precious. oh, this is. But but even if they didn't do that, you have an opportunity to sow into their lives. Sure. Just things we've learned. It's great. So my wife has chosen the name Nani, her mentor, <laughs> um, beautiful lady who yes. really helped us through some tough times. I think we're going to get to talk about that today a little bit, but okay. uh, her name was Bernie, Bernie Gunderman. Um, everyone called her Nani. And so mm. the way Hannah and Markle told us, uh, and I had known for a day or two, and, and there's a, that's a story behind that, but we won't go in there today. But they um, gave Charmaine a mug, and it had Nani on it, oh. and it had like little footprints, you know, oh, baby Fletchers on. on the way or whatever. And, oh my gosh, I got a video. I got to show you later. Oh, Charmaine yes. just... She was numb for the first thirty seconds, and then wept <laughs> for uh, for a while. But that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm, I've chosen the name Pops. Pops. <laughs> I don't know I why. Like that. That's yeah. good. You know, I met a guy down in Tupelo, Mississippi. Great guy, um, older gentleman, and his grandkids called him Pops. And I thought, you know, and my dad's Papa to my my kids, sure. and I didn't want to be Papa when my dad's Papa. Right. You know, it's confusing. Right. So yeah. So anyways. Late breaking news, Pops and Nani. Pops and Nani, (laughs) I love it. Well, congratulations. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Personal news, personal news. So today, Mike, um, while volunteers are serving in Kentucky, again, go to 8dayshope.com for more information as we get ready to launch a new arm of the ministry. Every week we have guests from around the country, and they share God-sized stories Mm -hmm. from the mission field. But about six months ago, Mike, we, we didn't do that. We spent time with you, and we had the listeners get to know you a little bit more. Sure about your family, your journey with the Lord, how you, how you gave your heart to Jesus, your involvement with 80s Hope. And we heard from even some of the leaders who know you but mm-hmm. didn't know you know you. Right. And that was so encouraging to hear that. And I know that you, since then, you've pressed me a couple of times, like, hey, Steve, we, we've got to— We've got to maybe share a little bit more about sure. the journey of Steve Tiber. And, mm-hmm. and um, please, listeners, this is not self-promoting. No, um, no. But, but today, Mike, I guess, is going to be the day. Yes, and we need to do that because they, we all know Steve Tiber, uh, the president and CEO of Eight Days of Hope and how you operate. Uh, man, we could go on and on, and, and, and the accolades would be so right on, spot on. Yeah, we're not going to go but, that but, but that's <laughs> not, right. But you, like you just said right. about myself, we're gonna, we, we need to hear about Steve. We need to hear about there was a time before Eight Days of Hope was mm. even birthed, uh, the family man, the worker. And, uh, you know, we can start right into that right now. Let, let, let's go down that path. What was Steve doing? Who was Steve, your family? Um, where you were living at the time, where you were yeah. working, and just before Eight Days of Hope was birthed. Yeah, Mike, you know, I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, yes. My wife grew up in the North Tonawanda area near Niagara Falls, for, for listeners you know, in Iowa that don't know where North Tonawanda, New York <laughs> is. And uh, our dad set us up. Um, our, our dad. Our dads. My father was in the building material industry. Her father had a building material distributor. She comes from a family of six. I come from a family of seven. Um, and her dad and my dad really hit it off. And 
Um, you know, she, I think, was dating someone at the time, kind of. I had just kind of come off a relationship. And both dads said, you know what, we've got to find a way to see if these two can connect. And so they, they said, oh, wow. hey, Steve, could you take a sample of this vinyl siding product to this distributor? <laughs> oh, wow. The owner won't be there, but his daughter will be there. Just give it to her. And Mike... Um, <laughs> You know, this guy, when I when I saw Charmaine, I thought, oh, my gosh. And I remember going to the car, and I don't get nervous very often, but, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm stuttering, and uh, but, you know, that's how we met. Uh, but before that, I kind of jumped to that. That's good. I grew up, um, you know, my parents modeled compassion, especially my mom. Mm. Um, I mean, my dad, too. But, but I remember sure. as a young kid, my parents – having their seven children stand in front of the uh, grocery stores between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we would collect canned goods and, and literally go door-to-door Christmas caroling to raise money with friends, Christmas caroling, um, to find a way to give meals to those in need for Christmas time. Mm. And and it became a pretty big thing in North Buffalo where friends and neighbors would say, hey, when are we Christmas caroling? And and w- the first time we went Christmas caroling, someone tried to give us $10. We're like, what do we do with $10? And <laughs> so my mom said, hey, let's find a way to help out people in need. And she was the most compassionate person oh I ever met. I never knew that. Seven siblings? Yeah, so I have five sisters and a brother. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we, we would... And Mike, I'll be candid, we didn't have much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really didn't. We, we, you know, we had a house where... Uh, everyone slept with another sibling in the same bedroom and we had wow. one bathroom with one shower and you had nine people in the house. And, um, you know, my dad worked so hard. Uh, my mom tried to, you know, manage the household and it, it, it wasn't easy, Mike. And I'm not gonna say, you know, I want to be careful about saying we were poor. Um, but we, we didn't have much. And we, your we mom still instigated the, the oh, yes. and motivated you yes. to go out to give to others yes. when you could have been receiving things that you needed. Mike, I'll never forget the story. My brother and I were in front of a top supermarket. That's a local food chain here, sure. a department supermarket store in Western New York. And um, I remember a lady giving us a couple canned goods and saying, are you sure this is not for you? Um, wow. Because you sure look like you need it. <laughs> oh, really? I'll never forget that. Oh, my. Never forget that. Mm. And you know what? We probably could have needed it or used it. Sure. But, you know, when you know Jesus, and my mom knew Jesus, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Sorry. To this day, Mike, the most compassionate person I've ever met in my entire life, Mm. I pray that when I see her again. And you will. I I know I will. Mm. Um, I could say, Mom, you know, I, 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 I didn't exactly get to the bar that you raised, but mm-hmm. I tried my hardest, N- not to get a pat a back, a pat on the back from your mom, but mm-hmm. you know, when when you know Jesus and He's changed your life, and we'll get to that in a couple of minutes, uh, how do you not want to show that to others? And my mom modeled that. So, mm-hmm. you know, grew up very poor, um, didn't have a lot, but but that really installed. Uh, the giving aspect, not just to myself, but my siblings, a lot of my siblings, all of them love to give and are very generous with their time and the resources God's blessed them with. But that really was the start of of, of something. But I know what we've got to do, Mike. We've got to go into, you know, after I met Charmaine and got married and how I met Jesus, we do have to take a break. 
Okay. So I'm I'm watching the clock, well, and, and I know you got like you got like nine <laughs> questions in front of you. I feel like I'm gonna get grilled. Um, but if you're listening today, you're listening to Hope Reigns as a broadcast of Eight Days Hope. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiel. We're in Kentucky today, serving families uh, because of the tornadoes. Uh, more information about that, go to the website. But we'll be back in just a minute. You listen to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At Eight Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com. Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country. Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the trees, with a voice as big as the sea. With a voice as big as the sea Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We are going to be in Kentucky until January 8th. If you feel led to volunteer, you can do that online at 8dayshope.com. Read the FAQs, frequently asked questions. As always, you can pray right now, driving down the road. Turn off the radio for 30 seconds. Pray for families that we're serving in Kentucky. Pray for the volunteers. We're there at least another week, maybe longer. If you want to donate, 100% will be passed through to the families in need in Kentucky. Our partners cover our fixed costs. You can do that online at 8daysofhope.com. But today, Mike, 
Uh, we're yeah. walking down memory lane. Yes, it feels like that way. So yeah, let's let's folks. We are we're talking to Steve personally about some of his personal life, his growth, uh, and, and let's jump. Let's pick up for after that last last segment. Now let's go to Charmaine. Yeah, you you know you. I mean, they set you up big. They for that. did. They did. And, uh, so Mike, you, I knew in two weeks. I really did. did. I knew. Now it took Charmaine like six months. She said, "I don't know why," <laughs> but I knew in two weeks that. Um, you know, I you know I wanted to marry her. Now she grew up in a, she grew up and and she was walking with the Lord for the most part, um, and she was falling in love with a guy who was not walking with the Lord. Mm. Now I had compassion in my heart, but it, I'll be candid; it was really all about me. It wow. really was a very living in the flesh and you know chasing girls and 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 whooping it up and 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 you know I played college football and. And and um, even in college, you know, it was uh, it was football and and and, and girls and, mm. and you know, if I got my C minus, that that was good enough to, Just to get, get through. By. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we got married in 1984, and uh, we adopted our first child, Stephen, in 1990. Okay, and so we were married six years, and uh, during those six years, um, something happened, Mike. Mm. I went to Atlantic City. And went for a job interview for a building material corporation and knew nothing about gambling. But long story short, ended up at a casino to about four in the morning, uh, really? walking home to my hotel room. My wife and my parents were there. They were already asleep. And um, I'd won a, a good amount of money gambling, playing blackjack. Knew, didn't know a thing about playing blackjack. Oh, my really? gosh. But w- my interview was at eight in the morning. I mean, I was blasted. Mm. Handing out money to people hanging out on the boardwalk that were homeless just because I, I you know, I mean, I was just, I was crazy. And, mm. and um, out of control a little bit. Really? Mm. Yeah. And really, that started a journey of eight years gambling every single day. Mm. Okay. Now, it didn't, you know, when I got home, it wasn't like I went to another casino. Yes, I did visit the casinos again, but I started gambling on sporting events. Okay. And in the beginning, I mean, and really, you know, addicts will know it. It wasn't about the winning; it was about the high. And so, you know, okay. you start out gambling fifty dollars a game. You know, you win a little bit, you lose a little bit. You go at a hundred a game, then you go three hundred a game. Mike, it was mm. like. The, the snowball down the big hill that starts very small and at the end the boulder sure. is like 12 feet sure. wide let's stay in this this vein here because this is going to work into your testimony and let's take this let, let's go down this path and you know before the show's over we'll get into how eight days of hope got birth but go ahead you're, you're now <clears throat> are you considered an addict at this point a- absolutely okay. absolutely my marriage was shot um, we're talking 1993 now, nine years, eight and a half years after being married. Okay. Um, we had Stephen for about a year now, 13 months. I was a terrible father, mm. terrible employee. Um, didn't have a, you know, my wife had started to visit, Charmaine had started to visit a local church, a Bible-believing church, and she'd go without me. She'd invite me. I'd go once in a while just to kind of appease her, but I had okay. no interest in going to church at all. Mm. And Mike, it got to the point where I was watching a game, and my son Stephen was about 13 months old, 14 months old. And it was at the end of the game, and the last play was going to determine 
if I was going to win a lot of money or lose a lot of money. All right. I this mean, a lot a, of money. At home. Okay. You're at watching. home. All right. And he stops right in front of the TV set. And we had been rolling a little plastic ball back and forth. And I had the ball in my hands. Mm. And I screamed, Stephen, move. And he looked at me and he was shocked that I screamed like that. And he didn't. And Mike, mm. I had that ball in my hand. Okay. And I threw it at him mm. to get him to move so I could watch that last thinking play mm. to determine if I was going to win that bet or lose that bet. What was going on inside of you? Now, I know you were mm. upset. You wanted to see if you won or lost. Yeah. But now you did that act. And was Charmaine looking on? or what? what, what Mike, what, I hated what myself. I hated myself. I hated who I was, who I become. I hated my life. Mm. I tried to stop gambling multiple times. Could not stop on my own. Felt like I had nowhere to turn. I'd alienated my family, my siblings, my parents. I was living in my own. I remember going to a funeral and leaving in the middle of the funeral to find a payphone to place bets. And my wife was looking over uh, the foyer into the living room and she screamed and she came down and she said, get out. Um, You know, I've loved you. I've been praying for you, but I can't do this anymore. You got to leave. And Mike, I'll never forget, I walked upstairs to our bedroom. Mm -hmm. I was going to get my things and I was going to leave. Didn't know where I was going to go. And I walked into the bathroom and I looked at the mirror. Mm. And I know this sounds stupid, but I remember taking my fist and clenching it and looking in the mirror, bawling and punching myself in the face as hard as I could because I hated who I was, who I'd become. I was a loser with a capital L. No, my Everything was done, and so that was it. Mm. I decided right then and there I was going to commit suicide that night. That night, life was going to end. Um, so how did that night play out? Mm. How did that night So play I left out? the house, and, and there was a railroad track not far from our house that roughly around 10 o'clock every night a train would come by, and so... I didn't own any guns, and I, 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 you know, I mean, if I did, probably would have used one. And so I'm thinking, how can I kill myself and make it real quick? And so I parked my car. It was a Renault Encore. um, Mm. Rolled down the windows, threw my keys out, and parked the car on the railroad track. So when the train came around the corner, it could not stop. And I remember 9:59, bawling my eyes out, waiting to hear the train come around the corner, and. Then it was 10 o'clock thinking, okay, where is this train? And then 10.05, and now I'm thinking, I can't even do this right. Mm. Mm. And the train never came, Mike. I mean, this train had come every night as long as I can remember. And now I had to go find my keys. I'd thrown them outside the window so I wouldn't change my mind. And it Mm. was you know, in the little brush. and, And I drove back home, and I parked in the driveway, and I slept on the couch. And... My wife didn't know what what I had just tried to do. Mm. Um, when I came back home, she said, "You could sleep on the couch, but in the morning you got to go. You got to call your parents. You got to go there, but you got you can't stay." You can't. Mm. So the next morning, my wife wakes up. She gets Stephen ready for church, and I said, "Charmaine, thank you." Mm-hmm. I said, "Charmaine, can I can I go to church with you today?" Oh, really? Now, when you're an addict. 
you're a manipulator with mm. a capital M. <laughs> you can you try to sweet talk your way there to you get go. money, to get drugs, to get alcohol, to get money, you know, sure. to, to keep your wife, to keep your husband, to it's keep the, your kids. It's the MO of an addict, right? Big time. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, Steve, you can come to church today with me, but when you come home, you do need to leave. Mm. Okay. So I went to church that day. It was a Bible-believing church. It was in North Tonawan, a New Covenant Tabernacle for those yes. of you who live in Western New York. And that preacher preached that day. And he said, you know, he was preaching on Joshua 1.9. And Joshua 1.9 says, uh, Have I not commanded you to be strong? Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. For the Lord thy God, be courageous. For the Lord thy God is with, with you, you wherever you may right. go. And the pastor is saying, there's someone here today who feels like giving up. Okay. Who feels right. discouraged. Mm. Who doesn't have the courage to take the next step in life. Mm. But I know a God that will meet you at your darkest moment. Yes. And if that's you today, come down here and meet Jesus for the first time. Oh, 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 and let's my. see what he does. The Holy Spirit's riveting you at that point. Yes. Mike, I ran. I ran down that aisle. Mm. And I ran down. We were sitting from the pulpit all the way to the left. I ran down that aisle and I fell on my knees and I asked, I'll never, I asked God three simple things. I said, please forgive me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, please take this addiction from me. Mm. And then I, I, I kind of made a commitment to him. You know, help me restore my life. You know, give, you know, walk with me, remove mm-hmm. this addiction, save yes. my marriage, help me, Father. I will serve you to the day I die. I mm. promise you, but, but I can't do this alone because I can't stop. And I love Charmaine. I love Stephen. And I want to, I want to save my marriage. I want to be a good mm. father. And, um, he met me at the most darkest moment of my life, Mike. Mm. And, he saw, he knew in advance that you were going to be in that building that day huh. and prepared a way to radically change your life. And, and, and folks, you're listening today and you're stuck in, in a similar or an addiction mm. and, and you feel helpless and you can't get out. Listen to what, what Steve has said. The Lord is looking over you. The Lord is watching out for you. All it took was, and, and he knows, God knows, just like in Steve's heart, he didn't want to be like that, but they was trapped. And there is a open door to a trap mm. that the Lord Jesus the power of the presence of God, because look at you're not a bad person. You just got caught up in some bad stuff. God doesn't look at you like you're 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 an addict and you're a bad person. Yeah, you might be having an addiction, but this is where His love, His blood was shed for you, and this is where He called you to the altar, Steve. And He can call you, listener, to the altar if you're out there listening today, and 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 you're caught up in this. And you know, as an addict, you feel like you have nowhere to turn, and you feel like you're, you've reached your deepest point. And I remember, you know, I, I was I was at the altar for forty minutes, Mike. Wow! I couldn't stop crying. Mm. And the pastors were so kind and so generous with their time. And you know, and Charmaine is watching, and part of her is like really excited that something might be happening here. At the same time, yeah, how can she trust this? Right? It's, it's going to be tough. <laughs> you know, her husband's an addict for eight right. years. He lied to her. He he, you know, spoke whatever she wanted to hear to 
to sneak away to watch a game. And mm-hmm. Mike, I remember going to bed, and now this is back in the day in the in the in the 90s when when you know technology is a lot different. We didn't have internet, and you didn't have you know, I remember having three TVs in a bedroom stacked on each other so I can watch three oh, games no. at one time. I'm, wow. I'm laying next to this beautiful young lady, right? Mm. You know, she's looking for some attention and, and, and conversation, intimacy, and I'm, I'm, I'm worried about am I going to win or lose. But if you're an addict, you feel like you've reached the lowest point, all you have to do is lift up your hands, mm. and he will meet you right where you're at. He met me February 6, 1993, right where I was at. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, life hasn't always been easy since then. But I can look you in the eyes and tell you that God did take that addiction from me that morning. And I have been clean for 28 years, (laughs) 335 days as of today. And that's to God's glory. Yes, absolutely. And I still live one day at a time. And I know that if you're an addict out there, or maybe you've been sober for three months, you know, like 28 years, don't focus on that. Focus on today. Focus on Saturday. January 1st. This is a new year. And you know what, Mike? Out of We've been doing this show for almost three years. Yes. This is a new start to a new year. And maybe mm-hmm. you're listening today and you're dealing with pornography. You're an addict. Maybe you're an alcoholic. Maybe you know, you're know you gambling and your life's out of control. Maybe you're doing drugs and you can't stop. Our God is a God of mercy yes. and grace. And Absolutely. he will meet you where you're at. Reach out to someone that you know that will give you yeah. the time you can share your heart. If you don't know Jesus, today can be the first day mm-hmm. of the rest of eternity. Sure. Um, because that was for me in February 6th of 1993. And remember this. Don't buy into the lie that you're a bad person and that there's no help. There's no hope for you. God doesn't look at you that no, way. No, no. That's why he's provided the yeah. avenue through Jesus. So that was in 1993. Well, since okay. then, now my wife and I have been married for... Um, what, 37 years and counting. Fantastic. Uh, we have adopted four more children. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Life, yeah, we've got five kids now. Oh. Life is not always easy. It's not always perfect. But we lean on the Lord to get us through these challenges of life, of raising kids during a pandemic and the financial ups and downs and the health up and downs and, and family members. But so thankful that people poured into me. Some people that have been here and gone. I think of Fred Caserta. Yes, Um, buddy Fred. It's amazing how God connects a dot. So I got Mm -hmm. saved in 1993, and that summer, Fred saw that I was working with the youth, and he said, hey, can you come work the youth stage at Kingdom Mound, this Christian music festival? (laughs) I said, sure, Fred. And uh, he was such an encourager. Absolutely. But that got me connected to Christian music, which I love music because I was a radio disc jockey in, in college and mm-hmm. it wasn't Christian music, but, you know, love music. So fell in love with Christian music, okay. um, which opened up the door to, you know, so many things that have, you know, have happened over the last, um, you know, 28, 29 years. And um, my wife and I lived in uh, Buffalo to 1999, and then we moved down to Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, I was asked to be a leader of a sales and marketing team, a national team. Uh, we sold vinyl siding, building materials, okay. and that started my corporate oh, career ascension. Boy. And uh, that's what got us down in Mississippi, which okay. started, of course, eight yes, days of hope. Yes, I was going to say, I can see the, the God progression here that gets put you into position to then uh, you know, open the door to eight days of hope. You want to talk about that a little bit? How, how did yeah, that Yeah, before we go to break, yeah, yeah let's, start, let's start there um, for a couple of minutes. So, you know, live in Mississippi, Mike, um, leading, you know, leading this, this, this organization, and um, in 2005, Katrina hits the state, hits the country. And again, the, to this day, 
the largest disaster of any type to ever hit America. Katrina, right. And the majority of the damage, yes, flooding in Orleans, epic. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. But the state I was living in, Mississippi, saw so much damage from the wind and the tornadoes that were spawned off and the water surge in Bay St. Louis and Waveland. And so I'm living down there, and I know the listeners, if you listen on a regular basis, um, my dad calls me on the phone um, and says, hey, let's go help out somebody. Let's just find one family. Let's help yeah. out somebody. And, you know, I joke about this all the time. I'm not the guy that you're, is going to lead a roofing crew or a carpentry crew. Now, I might be a good third or fourth or fifth person on that crew, but uh, I can carry shingles. Sure. I can carry the drywall. but <laughs> No uh, hammers. That was the plan, Mike. It was simple. Sure. Let's go help somebody out. That's mm. it. So how does that come together? Um, you know, tell us how the dots connected on that trip. Um, I understand that you... How many people were scheduled to go down there? And so, how did you get those yeah, people rallied? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I know I'm looking at our producer. He says break, but let, let's go down this road for a minute or two. Um, interesting enough, back then, we didn't have a website. So people volunteered. They had to fax us their information fax on a machine. piece of paper. <laughs> so we had to send them. They had to give us their name, their address, and what days they were coming. And so 420 people signed up. Okay. It was meant to be my dad and I and a couple buddies. So I thought, oh my gosh, mm. God, you are really doing something big here. Mm. Well, that's how many people signed up. That's not how many people showed up. So it's amazing <laughs> that people will drive across the country and show up in Picayune, Mississippi to do a mission trip and don't tell you that they're coming. Oh, and you're no. providing the food and the lodging. So we had 684 people <laughs> oh, no. show up. Oh, no. And we had lodging for 420. Now, now you know that parable about the, the fish and, and the, yes. the loaves of bread. Mm. Mike, we were sleeping everywhere. We were in hallways. We were in closets. Oh it was crazy. Oh, my. But 84 families had their homes rebuilt for free because of these precious 684 people that showed us leaders so mm. much grace because we didn't have a clue what we were doing that first trip. We've got a ton more questions. Yes. Do we need to go to break we now? Do. We do. Okay. We do. We'll, we'll come back with some more questions. So thankful for our national partners. You know, Eight Days Hope today is in Kentucky serving families in need after tornadoes. And you're listening to Hope Rains. It's a broadcast of Eight Days Hope. But know that um, our partners cover our fixed costs. So when you donate, it's 100% pass through. If you want to help out uh, in the aftermath of the, the tornadoes that hit multiple states just uh, a couple weeks ago, you can donate online at 8dayshope.com or you can mail donation. Uh, but thankful for our national partners like Provia. They make building materials. The company I used to work for in Mississippi. They're based out of Ohio. They're one of our national partners. Want to thank them. And Renaissance Bank, based in Tupelo, Mississippi, with branches in multiple states. Two of our 15 national partners. Thank you so much. But you know what? We'll be back in a second. To hear more, you listen to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products at Provia.com. P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? 
eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Drummer Boy for King and Country playing some Christmas music. I know it's the first, but we can play Christmas music oh, a couple more yes. weeks, right, Mike? We don't, we don't want to let that go by. No, not at all. Love those guys. As a matter of fact, uh, I mentioned that our first uh, and welcome to Hope Reigns as a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. <laughs> I'm Steve Tiber hanging out with Mike Fiala. That first uh, festival, Kingdom Bound, that was Rebecca St. James, yes. who is a sister of Joel and Luke for King and Country first American concert and she sang at a little pavilion mm-hmm. about 50 people attended <laughs> and that was at the area that Fred had asked me to lead so another way that God connects the dots but anyways so you were asking well now let's go back a little bit uh you got the call from your dad and you're going to go down and help only four, 420 people signed up uh 680 uh four people showed up and you're sleeping all over the place yeah. and uh so how did you uh how did you raise money because oh there was like 84 homes i understood but you got you, you're talking two months you know yes yeah, so we announced in september we went in december and again we didn't have a website we didn't have a we were, we were not a 501c3 I was so excited that someone gave us like $1,200, and I thought, wow, God's going to do something really cool here with this $1,200, because okay. we weren't really actively raising money, and someone stopped me at church and they gave me $1,000, and another one gave me $50, and another one gave me a $100 bill, two twenties, really? a 10 and I'm feeling pretty good. But you know what? Uh, um, I was coaching a church league basketball team. Tim Wildman, who's the president of American Family Radio, actually serves on our board. Uh, 200 radio stations across the country. Most of you are listening on one of those stations today. He said, hey, my dad, Don, wants to meet with you because he wants to give you something to help you guys with your Katrina efforts. I said, Hmm. sure. So I go in. If you know Don Wildman, 
and I mean this in a positive way. I mean squeaks. This this guy is the most conservative when it comes to resources. <laughs> he makes Wayne Van Lanham, our treasurer, look like he's uh, you know he's just throwing the money <laughs> throwing out money there. Money away, yeah. And, and you know, and, and no it's way, not Wayne, no, no not no. at all. But I met with him. He goes, well, tell me the plan. I said, well, it looks like there's like 400 people going. It looks like we might be able to help out 20 families rebuild their homes, maybe even 25. And he says, well, if I give you 100, um, I want to know where it's going. I want to have a financial record. I want to know that every penny's being spent on on resources. I thought, man, this guy's something. (laughs) He's asking for all this information for $100. (laughs) Wow, okay. I said, sure, Don, no problem. So I'm walking to the parking lot thinking, great, we now have (laughs) $1,300. So God might be doing something amazing. I opened up that envelope. Mike, it was a check for $100,000. Oh my! And you're looking at a hundred dollars, and I, you're you're thinking it's. I'm $100. thinking we went from twelve hundred to thirteen hundred, right? And and you know God's going to continue to provide because all these people are showing up. Oh my, Mike! I wept and wept, not because of the size. I just it wasn't necessarily the size of the gift. I know it kind of sounds crazy because we've now done what sixty-two million dollars of work around the country, sixty-one million dollars of work. God was up to something, right? And he was giving me the opportunity to have a front row seat. Mm. Do you know how humbling that is? Yes, yes. To to know that you're seeing God move and he's allowing you to be a part of it. So many Christians walk this journey and they feel like, well, I never see God move. Oh my gosh, get off the sidelines. Yes. Go bring a meal to someone who's hungry. Go knock on the door of a widow and, and love on them. Go take a mm-hmm. grandchild who maybe lost a grandparent to the movies. Go do something for yes. someone else. Take the eyes off yourself. My God was moving in a big way. We now had $101,300. What was he about to do? So you've got this check now. You're overwhelmed. You finally got the, the tears oh you know, and wiped away. What was your next step? I mean, you, well, I called did- Wayne Van Laniam, who was our vice president and our treasurer. And, and still is. Well, he wasn't then because we weren't a nonprofit, but he was kind of the right-hand guy. Sure. And, and, and Mike worked at a bank, Renaissance Bank, one of our national partners. And I said, Mike, we got to open up a checking account because something's going on here. Mm-hmm. And Mike, so again, long story short, I know we only got about six or seven minutes left. Um, 84 families had free roofs put on and had their homes rebuilt and were was wired by volunteer electricians and drywall was put up. And that trip, you know, we did you know, well over a million dollars of work and people gave their hearts to Jesus in driveways. Miss Anna Mae fell on her knees and some some college students from Michigan didn't go on a ski trip for their winter break, but came down to serve with eight days of hope, wondering what could we do? Well, their, their role in all this was to lead Miss Anna Mae to the Lord. And, and when we left, we said, wait a minute, this changed my life forever. This changed the volunt- those 683 others' lives forever. They'll never be the same. And so we formed a nonprofit called Eight Days of Hope. And since then, uh, it's been a good, great world win. Give us a, a, just a quick snippet of rundown because you are, are so great at facts and figures now. Mm-hmm. You just heard, folks, what happened back in 2005. Where are we today as far as equipment and yeah. volunteers? And yeah. And just so, listeners need to yeah. hear that. Yeah, so back then we had five volunteer leaders, right? Wayne Van Lanham, Peggy Hodges, Ben Morris. Um, um, oh, my gosh. I'm seeing uh, – I'm forgetting the name for a minute, but a couple others. Uh, Frank sure. Scott. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Frank. Mike Pittman, some others. But now 200 volunteer leaders. 
national headquarters donated by donors specifically to create a training facility based outside of Tupelo, Mississippi, a beautiful 60,000-square-foot building. A Northeast satellite in Buffalo, New York, gifted to us by a foundation, a 100,000-square-foot building, a building in the Midwest, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, so we could be at three different places building safe homes for those rescued from sex trafficking or to be in Kentucky like we are this week, helping out tornado victims, be in multiple places at the same time. Everything paid for, $3 million of equipment, feeding trucks, shower trailers, feeding trailers, bobcats, bucket trucks, uh, chainsaws, you know, by the hundreds. Mm. But most importantly, Mike, these Mm -hmm. 200 leaders who are volunteers who don't get paid a penny are leading now, what, 46,000 people to be a light during a very dark time. People are seeing Jesus in action volunteers are giving their hearts to the Lord on a mission trip, thinking they knew who Jesus was and meet him for the very first time. $61 million of work and counting being done Mm. for free. Churches of different denominations setting aside their differences, coming together to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I can go on and on and on. Okay, so everything you said is just totally completely mind-blowing how how God developed all of this but let's go and here's here's a question Steve Tiber personally I mean in your own heart and in your own thoughts I mean whether it was something on the first trip or that or, or something throughout the years that wow this now I know all of this has changed sure, your life sure but this comes up in my thinking this happens again and again i wake up in the yeah. morning think about this what what has made such a such an impact in your own heart you know the best sermon i ever heard is the one i saw and i want my kids to see jesus in action mm. and what I, my goal since 1993 you know i've been clean now for 28 years and 335 days and that mm-hmm. train did not come that night praise god in <laughs> western new york um I'm not that smart. I promise you. I've got my challenges. I'm so imperfect. But I love Jesus, and my goal is that people will see Jesus in me, in my wife, in my family, in this ministry called Eight Days of Hope until he comes back, Mike. I I want to be a light. Yes. And and this light sometimes flickers, right? Uh, Uh Sometimes this light dims. But I'm so thankful that God has given me the opportunity to be on the front row to watch him move time and time again, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's Jehovah Jireh. Mm-hmm. And so today, again, if you're out there and you don't know who Jesus is, you just stumbled on this radio station or this podcast, you're driving down a rural road in the state of Kansas, or maybe you're hanging out in Minnesota saying, you know what, no one knows, but I'm an addict. Um, reach out. Reach out to Jesus. Reach out to loved ones that will spend some time with you. Find a support group. Heck, email us, info at 8daysofhope.com. We'll find a way to connect you to somebody in your area of the country that can pour resources and help to help you during this journey, Mike, because you can't do this alone. Steve, you've been there. I want to sick it. Say, oh, you've done that. No, God's done so much in you. For that listener that you just described right now, that it perhaps addict or that would you pray for that person? Oh my I think gosh. I think yes. it would be the perfect moment. Hmm. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us when mm-hmm. we feel 
unlovable. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for selfishly, Lord, but thank you for meeting me um, February 6, 1993 at a church here in Western New York. Mm -hmm. Thank you for removing the uh, pursuit of that addiction and removing that from my inner being. And Lord, thank you for saving my marriage and allowing me, even though I'm an imperfect father, to be a father of five. And Mm -hmm. Father, I know that there's people out there today that are listening who are weeping, saying, where are you for me? Mm-hmm. Father, I know you're there. And Lord, I just pray that they would pull over or pause and just pray. And Father, I would ask that they would consider asking you to forgive them of their sins and that yes. they would ask you to enter into their lives, into mm-hmm. their heart, and walk this journey with them. And Lord, it's not going to be easy. And Father, many stumble. Many don't have years of sobriety, might go a day or a week or a month. But, Lord, let them know they're not alone. Mm -hmm. They're not alone. That's right. Father, I pray that you would put people in their lives that would bring them hope and joy and be Mm -hmm. patient Mm -hmm. and would love on them even when they're unlovable. Uh, Father, guide the listener today, Father. Mm -hmm. Um, Draw them to you. Yes. Not take these hope. Draw them to you. That's right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for sharing your heart and your life. I know I know that there are many out there that are being touched today. Appreciate you opening up. Well, thank you, Mike. I know it's been uh, three years in the making, and we, we said we would do this at some point. And so if you're joining us today, we, yes. we this isn't the Steve Tiber show, I promise you. But, no. but we, you know, thankful, Mike, that for your friendship and thankful for a God who, again, um, met me at my most darkest moment. Sure. And folks needed to hear that today, Steve, because, you know, they do love you and honor you for your leadership in, in, in a national ministry, but there's always a person behind it, and there's a God behind yeah. it that puts you in that position, and we need to hear that more uh, of, of folks. And it's January 1st, people. This is the start of a new year, and I don't know if you're people of resolutions or not. I mean, that's a whole other debate, but I don't know about you, but if you don't know Jesus— Open up the Bible. Just go to one of the four Gospels and start reading about Mm -hmm. uh, who God sent to die for your sins, my sins, who died, rose again, and sits at the right hand of the Father. Find a Bible-believing church in your area. If you need help with us, emails, info at 8dshope.com, and we'll help you any way we can. Mike, thanks for leading me down this journey. Oh, thanks for participating. Yeah, yeah, right, right. (laughs) No, thanks for opening up your heart today. Well, happy, thank you. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. For past broadcasts, go to 8daysofhope.com. Again, if you want to give to help out those in need in Kentucky, please do so. Uh, at 8dayshope.com. You can mail us a donation. It's 100% pass-through. You can mail to P.O. Box 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. And maybe today God stirred something in your heart and you want to share this broadcast with maybe somebody that you know that's struggling. Uh, You can find that on our website at 8dayshope.com and share it there. Mike, hope you have a good couple more days off, right? Yes, I'm enjoying it. And again, like we have said, looking forward to this new year and all that God's going to do. Continue to pray for those in Kentucky and Tennessee and Missouri, elsewhere from the recent tornadoes. Again, more information about the ministry, go to 8dayshope.com. Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Hope Reigns, and it is a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from 8 Days of Hope. 
Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.